Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur's podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by creators, consultants, and practitioners who share what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the podcast, then welcome along. Just take a second right now to subscribe to the show on your player. That way you won't miss new weekly episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. This week, my guest is Mark Asquith from Rebel Base Media. Mark is known globally as the podcast guy, and you're about to find out why. If you follow the conversation in the Facebook group, you'll know there's construction machinery just outside my window, but thankfully it stayed quiet. So, welcome along and let's meet Mark. So my guest on this week's show is Mark Asquith from Rebel Base Media. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bob. Always a pleasure. It's, it's nice to be here. So what I always like to do at the beginning of the podcast, because I have a fair idea what you do, but a lot of people won't. So could you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of thing you do? Absolutely. I'd be delighted to. Thanks for asking. So I run Rebel Base Media. I'm one of the founders and the, the CEO of Rebel Base Media. Um, we, we're essentially a, a podcast tech company, although we do have a couple of service-based products as well that we offer. And we we build various podcasting tools. So we build podcast websites, the Podcast Success Academy, which is a membership. We also build productivity and we build a, a podcast hosting analytics and marketing platform called Captivate.fm. Um, so we've kind of got this ecosystem of podcasting products. We are, um, I don't really like being called this, but people th- seem to call us thought leaders in that space as well. We're, we do a lot of speaking at, at various events, um, you know, from the podcast movements to, to Harvard, um, you know, talking about podcasting. And we also run a, a podcasting agency where we produce content and we, we work with other kind of brands on their podcast strategy. That's more service side and uh, we've got a podcast recording studio as well. So Rebel Base Media is is pretty much a podcasting company, um, which is primarily technology, but does, like I said, have a little bit of service to it as well. I think if anybody was to say you were short of a couple of revenue streams, honestly, it's, it's just outstanding the number of different plates that you've got spinning. I'm really curious to know, what led to that? Because having obviously, I do my homework slash stalking. You started Rebel Base Media in 2015. And before that, superficially at least, it looks like you had a fairly standard career. And then in 2015, I don't know if there was a lightning bolt or something, but from there, things just seem to have gone nuts. Do you want to maybe just talk a little bit about what happened? before Rebel Base Media and what led up to it? Yeah, good question. So actually, it was about 10 years before that that the lightning bolt struck. Um, so I was, I, I actually walked out of my last permanent position at age 23 in 2005 um, and, and started a, I mean, I went, just to give you a very quick version of it, I went from earning kind of 18, 20 grand a year in 2003 to, in 2004, at the age of 22, 23 uh, went up to earning 200 grand a year um, by being a freelance contractor. I was a, a, an IT business change project manager, a kind of trainer contractor, you know, worked for like National Health Service, worked for all branches of the military uh, here in the UK, doing a lot of training work and project management work. Um, and alongside that, I, I learned how to build stuff online. So web 
platforms, websites, whatever, and then started an agency, which I grew over the next eight to ten years, uh, up until 2017, which I'll get to in a second. And when you know we we, we did well, we, we were a small boutique agency in the north of England. We we've designed Fortune magazine covers. We've uh, worked with Adobe. We've worked with Bosch. Um, and all, all from this little office up in the north of England. So it was quite an unassuming little agency. It was brilliant. We, we really enjoyed it. Um, 2015, well, 2014, I actually started my own podcast, which is uh, right, I guess, just just before this this cycle of podcasting that we've seen kicking now. Um, you know, it was the beginning of this cycle of podcast rejuvenation, I guess, or, or, or enthusiasm. Um, and because I had this web and digital agency and this brand agency, I was able to spot this problem in podcasting, which was it wasn't very easy to build a website up and, and, and generate something easily to build a podcast brand. So we created podcast websites off the back of that, always with the intent of, of, of building out an ecosystem of products. So yeah, 2015 is when we started podcast websites. 2017, um, I got out of my agency, um, you know, got, got away from the agency business and, and, you know, my podcasting days, even though we were employing five, six people back in 2016, 2015 and early 2017, you know, we were, we were turning over multiple, multiple six figures. It was still a hobby, you know, for Kieran and I, um, yeah. who's, who's my co-founder. And then we went full steam ahead with it when I exited the agency in 2017. And from there it's been, you know, we've added the Rebel Base Media Parent Company. We've, we've added Captivate.fm. We've reworked, in fact, just today, we've been planning out podcast websites version three. We've built the Academy. Um, you know, we've been asked to speak all over the world and, and do everything that we do. So, yeah, I suppose we put the foot down in podcasting um, since 2016, 2017. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been kind of doing this business like for oof, nearly 15 years, which is startling, Bob. I must be getting rather <laughs> old. Um, one question I have sort of about that biography that you outlined there. You said you exited the agency in 2017. Was that? And it's more a point of idle curiosity rather than anything else, but it potentially colours what follows. Um, was that an exit through a sale or did you simply close it because you had other things to do? So I just exited it myself. I just I just left the agency and then subsequently the you know, the other founders decided that they wanted to go their own separate ways. But you right. know, I was I was really out of it earlier than that because I was doing this. Um, which was really, really interesting. It was it was really a choice, Bob, really, because you know, I was if you, if you go and watch the TEDx talk that I've done, choose happiness, um, choose control. It's it's really about this misconception that I was I was um, chasing money th throughout my career, and you know I I got out of I got into by accident earning this this two hundred k kind of contracting contracting freelance salary at age twenty three, and you know imagine earning two hundred grand a year at age twenty three. Mm. That's not bad going. Like I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I had a lot of fun spending it. And it made me realize that I didn't actually care about the money. It was more about, you know, the ability. And I've not got kids yet, but, you know, I've got nephews and nieces and friends and family. It was always a case of saying to myself, look, when I have kids or people that depend upon me, I don't want anyone to be able to say you have to be at your desk at nine because that's just what I tell you to do. Um, so I'd, I, I, I kind of... Um, I guess the last 10, 15 years of my life have been coloured by that, you know, this idea that all I want really, I'd, I'd rather have much less money than I could have earning, you know, 10 years ago, could have had earning a, a, a freelance contractor rate. I'd rather start from nothing and build a life that I can control and be happy in on my own terms. Um, 
and and that's why I get that's that's ultimately why I left the agency. I know I wasn't happy doing that. I I, I did it, and I I did ten years at it, and it was great. We had a great time, but got to the point that I wasn't happy doing it, um, and and I wasn't happy like turning up and pitching for work because it was you know you were always being commissioned as a marketer, and you know my my background is a marketer, really a kind of a brand marketer, more strategic marketer, um, like kind of business dev, product strategy kind of marketer. Yeah. Um, and I, I just used to hate turning up and pitching to these people who were, you know, you'd be pitching to an IT manager who's, who's just in the room because digital marketing uses computers and so it <laughs> must be IT. And it was, it was ridiculous. And then there'd be the marketing manager in the room who would never, you know, who would never really want to listen because he's, stu- you know, he stood on their toes or it was their turf. So why is this external person in? Or it would be derived from the MD who would. Um, ultimately just choose the cheapest option. I just thought, this is ridiculous. Like, what a way to live. Like, I've just traded one boss in my old job at age 23 that I walked out of after a day because I didn't, I couldn't face it. You know, I traded that one boss for, what, 50 bosses with clients? It was, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um, no, all, all you're really doing in that situation is buying your way out of the next couple of months. But you're not really building, I think, MJ DeMarco talks about building legacy products, products that once you've built them, they continue to bring you value. But not only that, they bring you choice and happiness and freedom and flexibility. Um, and I think once you recognize that, as you kind of described there, it's really difficult to then continue on that hamster wheel. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing. You know, that that is... It's kind of a vital thing to understand that, yeah, you get you get all that stuff, freedom, flexibility, and, and, and the ability to add value. But the thing that no one ever says to you is that it's just a lot of fun. Like, when you really care about something, like, I absolutely love podcasting. Absolutely love it. I, 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 love, I love disrupting the space. I love waxing lyrical about it. I love speaking to the future of the medium. I love, I love everything about it. Um... So when you're building a product that can affect someone, you know, like today, for example, we've just been looking at some feature releases for Captivate and how we're going to market them. And, you know, it's amazing to think that we'll release this thing and it will, you know, one of the new features, I believe, will save other podcasters, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month on stuff that they're already spending on just by us giving it away for free. Like, that is an amazing thing to be able to do, to be able to just affect other people. And, you know, I was thinking about this last night. You know, you talked about legacy in terms of like a legacy product, but think about your own personal legacy. You know, I can, you've got an opportunity when you're building things like this and you're marketing software and you're building platforms and you're doing things like this. You, you can affect a tiny portion of, a, of, of an industry. Leave your mark on it. You know, that the, the, the innovations that you create through product, they're never going to go away. You know, someone will be able to look at a Wikipedia page of the industry and there will be a line in there about something that you've created. Like, that's pretty good, you know? So that's that's what it's at for me. That, uh, You know, I like to feel like I'm making a bit of a difference to people. Yeah, I can imagine it would be very nice. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking back, what impacted me 10, 15 years ago? And I think it's probably further back than that, but names like GeoCities and CompuServe spring to mind. And I, you you're probably old enough to remember those. But it would be nice to be thought of alongside those in 10, 15, 20 years' time. Um, that's, yeah, I can, I can totally see where you're going with that. 
Yeah, it's huge. That, that that is huge. You know, you're you know, it, it, it's fun because you know, Geosis is a great example. AOL Online, MSN Messenger, mm. who you know, MSN Messenger was the precursor to Twitter. You know, the ability to update your status, and 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 you know, the fact that you know that that developer who created that little just update your status on MSN Messenger influenced, you know, one of the top three social networks on the planet right now. That that's a legacy, you know. So, one of the things that's always impressed me about you in the time that I've been observing, which is probably the last three years, um, is, and I don't know how you do it, but you're incredibly productive. And I know you have a small team, so it's not something that you're simply delegating everything. So I'm really curious to know, how do you manage your energy? Where does it come from? Uh, How do you manage to keep these plates all spinning and be productive (laughs) in terms of content and your own your own podcast, and I know you do podcasting for fun as well. Where does it all come from? Uh, do you know what? There's a couple of answers to that, or a couple of parts to the answer for that one. I think ultimately the the, the, the main thing to understand is that, you know, that, that we're a small team kind of by choice. You know, we, we, we've, we've scaled up, we've scaled down, we've gone back to being a very lean team recently. And the reason for that is that in order to really create product that works, you have to understand your market. That's why I consolidated my own personal brand. You know, if you look at markasquith.com, it's that British podcast guy. It's not that British SaaS guy or startup guy or software guy or business guy or entrepreneur. It's not any of, it, not any of that. It's that British podcast guy. So that now I can talk about podcasting on my podcast. You know, so everything's really close to what we're doing. And I think that's one big thing. It's you know, you can't possibly understand what someone wants to buy from you unless you would be willing to buy it yourself. And you can't understand if you'd be willing to buy it unless, ultimately, you know the trials and tribulations, unless you've walked a mile in those shoes, unless you continue to walk a mile as, as that journey develops. So that's why I brought everything very, very close together. Um, you know, it's very, very tight between myself and, and, and the company. And the other side of that coin really is that knowing what to delegate, like you should never delegate the most important parts of your business. And the most important parts of your business for a software company are marketing, sales, and product strategy. And you should never delegate those. That's why Steve Jobs was such a a hands-on person, you know, and and, and you look at Apple's way since, sadly, Steve Jobs passed, you know, some might say that they've stumbled a little bit. And, and the change in tack over the last couple of years into into being a content company and, and or at least having a much much wider content arm um, so that's that's the first thing to do but the second thing to do is be absolutely completely and acutely aware of your body and, and you have to you have to have to have to understand when your body's firing all cylinders you know and it, this is not really for me it's not juggling plates it's not balancing act it's not it's just i run rebel based media that has different products like no one says that the ceo of tailor-made golf or adidas or nike is, is, is managing multiple players they're not they're just running the company that happens to sell golf clubs and shirts and pants and and and, and golf and golf attire and balls you know it's these are just different products so i think it's how you approach it and then being aware that your body responds to different things like you have to stay fit you have to have a healthy diet you have to make sure that if you're tired, you listen to yourself and you rest. And a lot of CEOs, a lot of people in business generally, they don't do that. Like they, they, they think there's some kind of um, merit in 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 almost burning yourself out. You know, I'm, I'm hustling, which 
is, is crazy. You know, there's a difference between quote unquote hustling and, and getting the job done and being ridiculous on your body. So that's the other thing. You've got to be really clear on what your body can and can't do. And I think, I think if you do that, um, you, you can achieve a lot more than you think because it's, 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 then it's just picking your battles. You know, what tasks do I need to run? You know, back in, Back in the day when I was doing a lot of personal development speaking and, and, and I was kind of out on the conference circuit talking uh, about productivity, I, I developed this principle, which is, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I made it up, is the triple I principle. You know, you can only do, um, there are only three types of tasks that you should really undertake. There's the important, the integral and the interesting. And, you know, the interesting tasks are the things that fuel your fire. They're the things that um, build your willpower back up and they put fuel back in your willpower tank. That for me is podcasting about Star Wars, you know? Sure, it's a podcast. I happen to work in podcasting, but even if I didn't, I'd still get on a podcast and talk about Star Wars. It's the Star Wars bit that's interesting to me. Um, and, you know, the integral tasks and the important tasks, the important tasks are the things you can delegate, the things that you you, you, you must be working on in your business, the, the you know, the, the marketing, the content creation, the things that have to get done that you can be checking in on, that you can strategically align and you can strategically plan and, 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 and start to implement with your team, but that might not need you day to day. And then also the integral tasks, you know, these are the things that generally you can get a virtual assistant or an exec assistant to work. And I've got a wonderful executive assistant, Sam, and, and, and she does all my integral tasks for me. She does my emails. She'll, she'll pick up my conversations, my contact management. She'll make sure the invoices are paid. She'll make sure payments are on time. Um, that's the integral stuff that your business cannot do without. Um, so you've got to understand that if you're running a business or if you're a marketer, a CMO, you know, your job is to keep the engine rolling and it's to keep the vehicle progressing forward. You don't have to be the driver. You don't have to be the fuel. You don't have to be the component pieces. You've just got to keep this engine moving. Um, and I think once you realize that and you start to look at this triple I principle, you know, record your time for a week, analyze the tasks that you've undertaken and break them down, right? Is this important? Is it interesting? Or is it integral? And and decide which are you going to do Yeah. and, and, and delegate the rest. Um, so that, that is vital. You know, you have to be on top of that. That is a really, really good answer. Um, now, obviously, I've got Mark Asquith, the podcast guy here, and I wanted to reference something that popped up online a few weeks ago there was the question i think it was oh was it new york times something like that talking about peak podcast and then a few people i know were talking about podcast versus youtube and i couldn't have you on and not ask this question how do you feel about that kind of conversation it's all just made up, mate. It's all just made up. <laughs> Honestly, I saw both pieces yesterday. And do you know what? Uh, I saw the piece about YouTube. Like, it, it was another hosting company who I've got a lot of time for. But let's be clear, you know, they're not a big hosting company. So the masses of data that they've got are not, they're not like, you know, a, a, a huge hosting company analyzing data. And then, the, you know, the piece signed off and it was basically the most just the most on-the-fence piece ever. Like, it was like, is it worth publishing to YouTube? Well, yeah, maybe, but it depends. Hmm. And then closed at that. And I was like, what a pointless piece that is. Um, and, and then there was, you know, there was data that proved that it is good, that it isn't good. Look, you've got to just give yourself exposure, okay? Let's be clear that a podcast, you know, if you look at the OG, the original, the old guard, 
A podcast is defined uh, as being an audio file that's delivered via open RSS feeds. Guess what? No one really cares. And I hate <laughs> to say it. I build RSS feeds, man. You know, I, I own a company that generates RSS feed. Let's be really clear on this. I love RSS feeds, right? But it doesn't matter. It does not matter because Audible or Spotify push out original content and it's just delivered into their ecosystems. RSS feed or not, if my mum listens to it, it's a bloody podcast, <laughs> right? So you've got to be where your audience is. This is something that Tom Webster, Edison talked about, something that Evo talked about, it's something that I've got a couple of big blog posts coming up about, where it's not up to us to dictate where people should listen. It's up to us to just say, do you know what? If you're on a browser and you want to stop your boss knowing that you're listening to podcasts by having an incognito browser open in the background of your computer that's got YouTube on and you're just going to listen to the audio in the background, who the heck am I to say whether you shouldn't or shouldn't do that? What I should be doing as a podcaster is just making sure that I am one of the options on YouTube for you. And when it comes to peak podcasting, like who defines that peak? Who has yeah. gone? This is the this is the biggest this will ever get. And then three months later, two months later, NPR comes out yesterday and says they're going to suddenly next year see more revenue from podcast than radio. Like, who has made that up? Like, stop making stuff up. It's Honestly, mate, it's just hyperbolic clickbait. That's all it is. And as a podcaster, we shouldn't really care. All we should do, keep producing good content, focus 80% of our time on marketing it and telling people that we exist. And you know what? We're going to do all right. Because have we reached peak blogging? I don't know. Have we reached peak YouTube? Have we reached peak TV? Yeah. There are more and more streaming services coming out every single day. Have we reached peak TV? Go and ask Disney. I'm pretty sure they'd say we haven't. <laughs> That's a great answer. And that was kind of my response. But obviously mine was much shorter and less intelligent than yours. <laughs> yours was probably less ranty. Like I, get a bit <laughs> of, I really rant. Like I th- <laughs> So, I, use, I am known for my straight-talking rants, I think. I need to ask you about Captivate because I've obviously, well, you know, nobody else will, been migrating over to Captivate over the last week or so. And I've been really, really impressed with it. Obviously, I'm just scratching the surface of what it can do. But why another podcasting platform? Um, I'm sure you have an answer to that. I know why <laughs> I'm on Captivate, but I would love to hear why you felt there was a space for another podcasting host. Just because the rest frustrated me. And, you know, if I'm frustrated by it, other people are frustrated. And let's be clear with it. You know, Captivate is, is, whilst still in its beta phase, got judged, you know, second out of every podcast host on the planet by an independent reviewer. And this is someone that's been in the industry 10, 15 years. You know, that's 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 by design. You know, it's been called the apple of podcast hosting. And it's, it, again, by design. It's not an accident. And the reason for that is that every other host just frustrated me, man. You know, it just frustrated me. There were things that annoyed me, like, okay, brilliant. Get me in on five bucks a month, but then charge me for extra features that aren't really extra features. They're just the only way that you can make money. Or <laughs> charge me for storage. And, like, that's all boring. Like, it's... Stop being boring with your products and, and, and stop making money off your lack of innovation. You know, and, and that's what really spurred Captivate on, is that, you know what? We're going to give you the features, Yes, we'll tear you up by bandwidth so that you can create multiple shows, see what sticks. We know the data. We know what downloads you get. We know, we, we've, we've researched this, all right? So we're just going to give you all the features because if we help you to succeed by not holding any features back, guess what? It's better for everyone. I just got annoyed by it, man. You know, and I got, 
what really annoyed me, one of the biggest things that really still annoys me to this day is everyone that runs a podcast company trying to make out it's complex. Like, just because you want to start a podcast, you shouldn't be made to feel stupid by a podcast host because they want you to feel like it's more complex so they can justify their existence. It is not complicated, okay? It's not. It's some of the easiest software to build. But what is complex is simplicity, making it simple, making it easy to use and to understand. So that's why, and that's why we created it, because the, the building part of it, being a host, isn't that hard. But building something that you can use and that you could give to your, your kids or to your grandkids or to your nephews, your nieces, and that they could use it. Now, that's the hard thing. And that's why we built it. Yeah. And you've done a fantastic job. I, I have you. to put my hands up and say, I, I'm a technical person, but I've got enough on my plate. And I was astonished by how easy the setup in Captivate was. And full disclosure, I have no affiliate scheme with you whatsoever. But if anybody is thinking about setting up a podcast, definitely go to Captivate because I have examined them all. And many people may be a little bit frustrated with how easy it is. There's very little to mess around with. It was really, really good. Um, Don't worry, we've got some stuff coming that you will be able to mess with. Great, can't wait. <laughs> we've got some We've got, I've got some fun features. We've been on a, uh, so Kieran and I, my co-founder and CTO, we go on these away days every month just to plan product. And uh, the stuff that we do have in the pipeline. Um, this was one of our things, kind of just to wrap up on this one, was that we... Um, we always said that version 0.5, which is what captivated, is still in kind of public beta at the minute. We said that that had to be as good as any other podcast host on the market because if we did that at launch, the next version, we could do some really fun stuff with. So look out for that because that is, that is coming your way. Well, I was not going to ask you about the extra features you were talking about earlier. I'm not going to go down that road because I'm sure you won't tell me anyway. Um. Mark, you've been a fantastic guest. If people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Just hook up on Twitter at Mr. Asquith or Instagram. They're my two main social profiles. So I will always have to have a conversation, always happy to help and, and, and do anything I can to, to just help anyone with anything that they need. If I can do something uh, to help, I always will. So at Mr. Asquith on, on all the socials, actually. Okay. Mark, thank you very much for your time. Hopefully I can have you back sometime. But for now, thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. You've got a great show. You're a wonderful host. Thank you so much. Mark is a great example, the best example of niching down on solving a small set of problems for specific people, but doing it in a big way. I learned a lot from speaking to Mark, and I hope you got value from it too. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link in the show notes or just search Amplify Insiders in Facebook and you'll find us easily. If you enjoyed the show, then I'd love for you to review it on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Mark for giving us his time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. <laughs>